We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 of the game. Back with you on the John Chuckery Show, live in the Kia Studios. Final hour of the program is the start of the Brown Liquor Music Hour. Chuck always gets first requests, little Martha and the Vandellas. Of course, we do Motown Mondays around here. We've got Day Day producing, 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line if you want to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, best way to be a part of the show is follow me on my personal Twitter page. That would be at JMCH316. Quick score update. Mets are up 7-3. to three. No surprise on the Nationals. How about our favorite pitcher in the National League around here? Patrick Corbin pitched for the Nationals. Scherzer, by the way, pitched for the Mets. DeGrom goes tomorrow. Corbin tonight, four and a third, seven hits, four runs, all earned, Four strikeouts, one walk, 90 pitches. His ERA right now, you ready for this day-day? 6.57. He, let me give you what Patrick Corbin's stats are this year. Corbin, who's going to lose this game tonight, he is about to be, for the season, he's about to go to 4-15 and 15 on the season with a 6.57 uh, ERA, four and fifteen, six fifty-seven ERA. Now, ask me how much money he's making this year. How much is he getting this year? He's getting twenty-three and a half million dollars. Ask me what he has left in his contract. <laughs> What's he got left in his contract? Next year, he makes twenty-four and a half million dollars. His final year in 2024, are you ready? Yep. $35.417 million. Almost $34.5 million. Now, here's the funny part. He has clauses in his contract. He gets a half a million for um, Cy Young or MVP. He gets $250,000 if he finishes in second place. And 150000 if he finishes in third. Can I tell you, I don't think they're going to have to worry about him winning a Cy Young or anything anytime soon. Yeah, he's not getting any of yeah. the bonuses. I don't I think, think he I, has to worry I, about that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I think I saw where he's got like several like bonus yeah. little deals. He's going to make almost $35.5 million in two years. He leads the league in losses this year. He led the league in losses last year. Last year was a good year. 9 and 16 with a 582 ERA. He gave up the most runs and the most homers in baseball last year. This year, he leads the league in losses, starts, hits given up, earned runs given up. And he's uh 
got 98 strikeouts and 105 innings pitched. This guy at one time had he had he had back to back seasons. You ready for this day day? Mm-hmm. When he when he was in Arizona, finishing up in Arizona, his final year in Arizona, he won 11 games and had 246 strikeouts in 200 innings. In 19, when he came to the Nationals, he had 14 wins and had 238 strikeouts in 202 innings. He finished fifth and 11th in those two years in the Cy Young. Since then, two and seven with a 4.66 ERA in the pandemic, nine and 16 last year with a 5.82, and he's going to be four and 15 with a 6.57 ERA. How can you pitch that guy, even for 23 and a half million dollars? How do you pitch that guy? How do you start him? Yeah, I was going to say, how do you even send him to the mound? He leads the league in starts. He's made more starts than anybody. He's made 21 starts. He made 31 starts last year with an ERA at six. Like, who the hell is running the Nationals organization? That's the most ridiculous things I've ever heard in my entire life. How do you start a guy who's got an ERA of 657 in August and has led the league in starts? It's not like he just come, he came back last week. He's got more starts than anybody in the league. Whew. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. All right, let's get to something we call our NFL squib kick. Take a look at the NFL with the squib kick with John Chuckery. Sports Radio 92.9, the game. We talked about the Deshaun Watson suspension of six games. The next thing people are keeping their eyes on is this Alvin Kamara and what he's going to get. So a scheduled hearing in the battery case against Saints running back Alvin Kamara was set to take place on Monday today, but it was pushed back by two months. Um, Lawyers for Kamara and the three other defendants, including Chiefs quarterback Chris Lammons, requested the postponement. It's the second time the hearing has been delayed. He was not in the courtroom as as he was at Saints practice today. Any delays uh, that it takes for the legal process playoffs will also affect the amount of time that Kamara could be available to the Saints this season. But, again, they just got this thing pushed back a couple of months. People are wondering about what he's going to get. Kamara and the other men are accused of punching a man during an altercation in Las Vegas before the Pro Bowl earlier in the year. It says here that some believe if the NFL waits for the criminal case to run its course before handing out any discipline, Kamara could remain available for the entire season. Yeah. I mean, for two months away before we even get into the case being heard or anything like that, yeah. We're a long ways away. Man, oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Baker Mayfield talking about the um, quarterback competition. Um, Matt Rule said last week that they're nowhere near – making any uh, decision out of all of it. But Mayfield talking about uh, this quarterback competition, quote, everything has been extremely transparent. They're telling us exactly how they're handling it. It's not being said to one person. And Sam, here's one thing. It's right there in front of us, clear and concise. Mayfield said last week was definitely slower than I would like it to be, but that he feels more comfortable in the offense heading into the second week of camp. Uh, Obviously, he's battling it out with Sam Darnold. Uh, boy, what a what a quarterback battle that is. In college, that would have been a hell of a battle, wouldn't it? Yeah, Sam Darnold versus definitely. Baker Mayfield Baker, in college. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would have been a hell of a battle to see who could get the starting job in college. In the pros, <laughs> yeah, not so much. Yeah, not 
not so exciting about all of that. Uh, Kyler Murray tested positive for COVID. Guess who else tested positive? Pete Carroll tested positive for COVID. So Kyler Murray is going to miss at least five days unless he tests negative sooner. Murray's symptoms were minor, according to Cliff Kingsbury, who uh, had just texted with Murray, but he hadn't talked to him since the positive test. Murray felt really poor with cold-like symptoms before taking a test. Murray can return to the field sooner than five days if he tests negative. So he missed Saturday's practice because of a sore wrist and could miss five of six practices this week or more if he doesn't return before then. Murray is the only player to test positive this training camp. Uh, Can I ask a dumb question? How are people still testing positive for COVID right now? Well, because you got to think about it. uh, One, people that did get vaccinated are the boost. Like they haven't gotten a second booster. Like most people are their booster shot is gone. Like so. Okay, but again, I get that. Who you hanging around that you? You had to have been hanging around people who have COVID. Oh, yeah. I mean, but people are – that's Where? the thing. People are Where? everywhere. You're in NFL training camp. I mean, the Falcons right now are staying in dorms over there. Yeah, but right now, but, I mean, you okay. still got – But but you're – but, Day-Day, this is your second week of practice. Like, I'd understand if you came in the first day and tested positive. Because they're, they're going to – I'm sure they're testing players. Yeah, but you got staff. Like, we were talking about that last they're week. They're testing everybody. I know. Somebody's somebody's slipping through the cracks. Somebody's I mean, test. Somebody's I mean, who's – Somebody either didn't get tested that's positive, but he's been around somebody. Because Pete Carroll tested positive. Yeah. And he's at home with mild symptoms. Where are they running into these people? Because you're at NFL training camp right now. They're testing everybody. Yeah. Probably all the time. And, and it says here Pete Carroll's fully vaccinated and everything. And he's getting it. Like, where are these guys hanging out at that they're still getting COVID? Yeah, they're definitely catching it from somewhere. Yeah, because, I mean, you got to be exposed to somebody. Well, let me ask you this, because here's the thing. Is everybody, was everybody, when did everybody start allowing fans to, like, kind of interact? Because everybody's timeline's kind of different, right? Well, they the first open practice for the Falcons was, was on Friday. Friday. But yeah. I think some other teams started having fans sooner than that, didn't Could they? Could be. But, I mean, how many of those – I mean, I hate to say it this way, but how many of those guys are truly interacting with fans to start with? Well, I mean, the, with all due respect, I saw the Falcons practice. It wasn't like there were 90 guys interacting with <laughs> right, fans. that's true. You know? That's I mean, true. I mean, but they're, they're obviously somewhere, somehow, it's they're getting in contact well, with somebody. Okay, so if Kyler Murray tests positive, there's got to be another 10 players that are positive right now. There's no way you can tell me that Kyler Murray is on an island by himself tested positive for COVID or Pete Carroll tested positive for COVID and he's by himself on an island. That's true. That's true. No way you can tell me that. Yeah, I I agree with you on that. Yeah, he's exposed to all the same people that your coaches or players would be exposed to. Yeah. And like I said, the the Falcons have been staying in their dorms for the last couple of weeks here. Remember, Remember, rookies reported on the 19th. Yeah. They reported a whole week ahead of. The veterans, yeah, and you yeah. would have tested, you know, probably tested or had to get your booster shots and stuff like that, yeah, you know, before you got there, right? Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a tricky one. Yeah, like I'm 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 sure there are ways, but it, it just seems very strange to me in all of this. Debo Samuel, um, he's a happy man. Speaking of guys who got you know nice um, nice chunk of uh, of money, um, three year extension. Worth up to as much as $73.5 million with $58.1 million in guarantees. $58 million guaranteed. Wouldn't it be nice if we could, like, unfollow 
<laughs> our employer and well, say we're I, not showing up. Well, who and who then, says I follow him anyway? <laughs> <laughs> and then still get paid a whop of money. <laughs> well, listen, that's the thing, right? The the whole uh, the whole Instagram thing, you know. I mean, it's kind of crazy, you know. That, that's what we use now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, and somebody brought up the idea. You know, uh, Joe Biden just got the. Uh, Joe yeah, Biden, he got it. He got, yeah. He's getting a booster this is, every week, and he like, like he gets a booster shot every like every couple of hours, doesn't he? Yeah, and he got tested. This twice. I think twice within the last yeah. what two weeks, maybe yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. I thought the boosters were supposed to kind of you know bring that down or whatever. Well, no, they never said that you couldn't get it. Nah, it just it's, it's supposed true. to. They, they said it's suppo- when they first came out with the booster, they said that it would be effective at stopping you from getting COVID. It, well, but they the, said stopping the spread. Well, okay, that. They said that it would you would you would not be in the hospital dead, right? With you would, COVID, yeah. Your symptoms but you were also be my, it was yeah. also supposed to stop the idea of people getting infected with COVID to begin with. That's why everybody got. That's why everybody you get boosted and hang around everybody, and so nobody can get COVID. Well, but then they kind of came out and said, okay, that was a little bit misleading. You could still spread it. You the just don't have said it. something was misleading. Yeah. No, yeah. well, it can't be. That can't be data. Yeah. Who yeah. said that? The blue check mark media? <laughs> that, that another one? The blue check, the same blue check mark media that told me about John Collins and Arch Manning yeah. and everything else. Yeah, yeah. Uh, God bless Debo Samuel, though, man. Um, it says that uh, as it turns out, some of the maximum value is directly tied into incentives. So okay, you know, he said he's focusing on trying to be better, and he's trying to focus on playing a dual role for the uh, 49ers and this, that, and the other, but. I don't know. Is he worth an extra sixty million? You got to give him something for the fact that you're you're, you're turning the keys over to to Trey Lance, and yeah. the reality uh, you don't know what you're going to get there. So you got to have some kind of stud on that offensive side of yeah, the ball. I agree. You got to have playmakers. Yeah. I mean, look, he can. You know, they're going to run him, throw him, everything like that. So anyway, all right. When uh, we get back, I really like what Dean Pease had to say on Saturday. But how do the Falcons get there? <coughs> we'll talk about that next. Chuck in the Key Studios, Sports Right Now, the game, Aussie.com app. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back with you, the John Chuckery Show. Hanging out in Kia Studios on this Monday evening. 404-741-0929 is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line. Hey, dive into the history and culture of the baseball's unofficial rulebook with unwritten new podcast hosted by former players Ron Darling and Jimmy Rollins. This week, How to Treat Rookies with Albert Pujols is going to be released on Wednesday. Download Unwritten for free on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast from. And you can listen to every Hawks game along with all the music and news that Atlanta needs right here on the Odyssey app. At 92 on the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. At JMCH316 on my personal Twitter page. Give me a follow if you would. We will uh, talk about SummerSlam coming up because I thought it was actually a very good pay-per-view. And um, uh, um, well, I'll, I'll bring up some of those comments when uh, when we get there. First, though. Dean Pease on Saturday had a lot to say about this defense and was pretty fired up, was pretty fired up about what this defense could and, you know, can be and what he expects them to be and this, that, and the other. Let me let you listen to Dean Pease, and then I'm going to ask a question from there. We're changing a culture around this day going place, okay? And it's not going to be mediocre. It's not going to be average. It's not going to be in the bottom half of the league like it's been 15 out of the last 20 years. Sick of that crap. We got to take charge, and it ain't going to be anybody else to do it but us. Okay? I'm tired of everybody telling us how bad we are. After a while, you start believing it. Just like you tell you, you never tell your children and stuff like, hey, you guys, you don't, you, you get mad at a teacher who says, you know, telling some kid he's stupid, right? You don't ever tell somebody that because pretty soon they start believing it. Guys around here on defense sometimes believe, hey, 15th is okay or whatever. I've been in the top 10 one time out of the last 20 years. That bolts over. Okay, sorry, I'm getting fired up today, but I'm tired of this crap. We're going to change the culture of the defense around this frickin' place. People have got to start talking about Atlanta defense like they did at Baltimore, like they did at New England. It's going to be the same around here. Look, I like the passion, I like the fire, and I think it's all good. The question is this, how do you get there? It's great to talk about what you want to be. It's another thing to make it happen and, and to actually put together a defense with the personnel to actually make this thing happen. Let me give you some stats because here are the things that have to change for the Atlanta Falcons defense if we're going to talk about them in those kinds of veins. Obviously, we start with that sack number. 18 sacks in 17 games is completely unacceptable. When the next team, when the next lowest team had 29. So you better tell me you're going to be at least a 30-sack team or we're not really going to have much of a conversation. Not 22, not 23 you know, be four or five sacks better. You have to be significantly better. I'm not even asking to get to that 40 mark to be a playoff team, but you should be pushing close to 30. Listen to this number. The Falcons' completion percentage allowed last year was 67.8%. Only four teams 
had a worse completion percentage allowed. Now, the team right below them, the next lowest com- or next highest completion percentage allowed was the 49ers. But what do the 49ers do really, really well? They sacked the daylights out of the quarterback. They had 48 sacks as a team last year. And that's what happens when you got Warner, Arden Key, Armstead, some guy named Bosa. That's what happens. 48 sacks. Day Day. Ask me where the 49ers ended up last year. Well, how'd they do last year? NFC Championship game. Uh-huh. One game from the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. And that's what happens. That's why the 49ers defense is so good is because they're great on their lines of scrimmage. And they wreak havoc on quarterbacks. Here's another stat. Falcons last year gave up 143 first downs. They allowed 143 first downs on defense. Only two teams gave up more first downs, more plays that resulted in a first down than the Atlanta Falcons. You can't win like that. You have to get off the field in the NFL. And then finally, the Falcons allowed 105 third down conversions last year. Only two teams in the NFL allowed more third down conversions in the NFL. Again, you have to sack the quarterback and you have to get off on third down. Why sacking the quarterback is so important in the NFL is because of down and distance and changing it. You know, your playbook at third and four is totally different than it is at third and 14. At third and 14, you have a lot fewer plays to be able to try to pull off to get that first down. And if you can't get off the field on third down, you can't be a good defense. It's not possible in the NFL. It's not possible to be a good defense in the NFL and not sack the quarterback and not get off the field on third down. Those two things just don't work in conjunction with anything. You have, they have, you have to have those things come together. So if the Falcons are going to be a defense that we're going to talk about, they have to sack the quarterback. They have to get teams off the field on third down. And they can't let teams convert at the rate that they are. See, I can live with the completion percentage stuff if you're a 48-sack team like the 49ers. But if you're 18 sacks and you give up almost 68% completion percentage, you're not going to be a good defense. There's nothing about that. You'd have to drastically change all of that up. Something has to give. If you only have 18 sacks, you better tell me that you're letting only about 50% of completions go through. Because if you can't get off the field on third down in the NFL and you keep your defense on the field, eventually you're going to give up plays. And one thing about the Falcons' defense I'll give them credit for was they were very much a bend-don't-break type of defense. They didn't give up a bunch of huge plays in the passing or running game last year. Didn't give up 40-yard plays. But, you know, it's consistently getting beat and tweaked and things like that. So it will be interesting to see what the Falcons can change up and what they do differently. How do they look different this year? Because I'm with Dean Pease. Look, this defense needs to be more consistent. It needs to get itself back into that kind of top 10 status because your offense is going to have plenty of challenges. I still don't understand or know what the offensive philosophy and identity is going to be. I still don't know exactly what, what we're trying to be offensively. And until we figure out some things like that, you better start getting your defense on track. Whether that's we open up 10%, 20%, 30%, 50% of the playbook, whatever Dean Pease feels like he needs to open up. 
We have to find a way to get off the field and find a way to sack quarterback. Not move him off his spot, not make his life more difficult, not, not give him a chance to run around. We have to put him down on the ground in the NFL where he's standing up, looking at his ear hole, and either he's got the ball in his hand or he fumbled it away, one or the other. But you have to be able to sack the quarterback in NFL football. You can't live without that. It's not coincidence that top-tier defenses are teams that sack lots of guys, right? And not just because they're playing with a lead or this, that, and the other. Now, the 49ers are, at times, a very pedestrian offense. But their defensive line is just outstanding, right? Teams are those great defensive lines. How pedestrian is, you know, the Eagles' offense? And their defensive line is really good. It, it could be even better at times, but their defensive line is really good. And they only created about 30 sacks. You know, you, I always talk about that magical number is 40 in the NFL. Look at the teams that are 40 and above. That's usually right where you want to be. And this is why we talk about, too, offensively. Look, the Falcons are going to have some definite challenges coming up offensively with their offensive line trying to figure some things out. So you might have to lean on some of your defense to get it going early. And I do believe Dean Pease is going to get these guys coached up and put these guys in some correct schemes and things like that. But they have to execute. And I get his passion. I love his passion. I love what he had to say. And I don't disagree about any of it. You have to change up the culture. But there are ways that you have to do it. Or there are things that you have to do. If you want to talk about changing up the culture, you sack the quarterback and get off the field on third down. You change up that culture, and now we're in good shape. Now now we've got a chance to be a really good defense. Without those two things, not one, but without both of those things, you can't get to where you want to be defensively. You can't be a top-10 defense. You're not going to be talked about like the the you know Patriots or the Ravens or whatever comments that he made out of uh, all of it. And I'm looking forward to seeing what Dean Pease can do with this defense. I'm very much looking forward to what Ebba Cady you know, and some of their young guys in the secondary, what Grant and Hawkins look like year over year, right? What does the inside of that defensive line look like? Is Ogundaje, uh, is he, is he going to get a shot to try to get after the quarterback a little bit more this year? You know, I feel like we actually have some, you know, personnel that we're starting to build around. What's the inside defensive line going to look like? The Taquan Grahams and, you know, Marlon Davidson and people like that. What's that going to look like? especially without an Eddie Goldman, right? You don't have one of those guys. That's why I say, look, and I was reading an article talking about some of the guys the Falcons should be looking at, and it's got these names we've been talking about here, the Indomitian Sues and the Jason Pierre-Pauls. You know, find some guys who could be potential difference makers on your defensive line. They don't have to play 60, 70 snaps, but you need some guys who can be some difference makers on your defensive line because we just don't have that personnel. That's why I've been so frustrated about not drafting top-tier talent for your offensive and defensive line when you've had the chance. You have to draft. That's where those guys come from. The top sack guys are, by and large, mostly first-round guys, right? The Miles Garrett, the Bosa's, the Max, the the um, um, who's a kid for the Cowboys, Micah Parsons, right? Bosa brothers. You got to have those kinds of guys on your defensive line. So. It'll be interesting to see what Dean Pease is up his sleeve this year. I'm optimistic and hopeful because if if they can't sack the quarterback, then this conversation about, you know, 
changing up the culture and being a top 10, it ain't going to matter. You can't get off the field on third down. You can't sack the quarterback. You can't be successful in the NFL defensively. Not in this league nowadays. You can't. When the league is hucking the ball all over the field and you have to change up that down and distance and make it much, much more difficult for teams to, to convert on third down. Again, third and 14 is a lot different set of plays than third and four. Third and four keeps everything in play. Third and 14 doesn't. Doesn't matter. It, you know, even on third and four, it doesn't matter what your corners are or this, that, and the other because you leave everything open. I can, throw a, I can throw a pass out in the flat. I can run it. I can do a lot of different things on third and four. Third and 14, running a pass out in the flat and running it up the middle doesn't really do much. Got to change up. That's how you change up the culture. So we'll see. You know, I'll, it'll be something I'm going to be watching pretty closely in, you know, the first few games of the Falcons, you know, really more in the regular season than preseason. What do we do to get after the quarterback? Not just pressure him, but you have to put him on the ground with the ball in his hands. You have to make his life miserable by taking him out. Just like teams do to, do to us, do to our offensive line. Exploit, you know, teams exploit our offensive line all the time. All the time. Teams exploit our offensive line. Well, how do we start, you know, how do we start exploiting other teams' offensive lines with our defense? Got to get after it. So I'm hoping Evan Katie. That's why I still think, like I said, you need to go out and use your money that you have and go find a guy. Go add another guy. Go add a Jason Pierre Paul or somebody like that. Go add somebody who can get after the quarterback or, you know, be a big body on the interior of the defensive line to allow Grady to be more free and things like that. Whatever you got to do, figure out a way to, you know, to get it done defensively by sacking the quarterback and getting off the field on third down. So I love Pease. I love what he says. And uh, I'm excited to see what he's got up his sleeve right now for this defense. All right, when we come back, we'll talk some SummerSlam with you. Chuck, we're hanging out in the Key Studios. Sports right now, time the game in the Odyssey.com app. Sports Radio, 92.9 The Game. Back at the John Chuckery Show. Brown Liquor Music Guy rolling right along. You know how we do it. Motown Mondays around here. Uh, we'll be with you here all week long as um, Falcons training camp rolling right along as well. 404-741-0929. Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you're on the go. Social media is at 929 The Game. I'm at JMCH316 on the uh, Twitter machine. Um, hard to believe that uh, school started back up uh, today, but, uh, yeah, August 1st and school's back in. So, yeah, my uh, my daughter starting her final year of middle school, brother. Man, man, oh, man, oh, man. Crazy to think about. So school season back uh, in, so be sure in the mornings to pay attention to your driving and uh, be careful out there. We got a hell of an event over the weekend. Now, did anybody see that Ric Flair's last match pay-per-view? They wanted 35 bucks for that thing. I didn't see that, but I did see where Taker, Bret Hart, and uh, Mankind, uh, Mick Foley, Mick yeah. Foley were on, yeah. you know, in the stands yep. talking and, and there to support him. So. Yeah, was uh, that was pretty cool to see Mick Foley, Undertaker, and yeah. Bret Hart all sitting ringside yeah. to support him. I thought that was pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, I heard I didn't. It did not get that many favorable reviews unless you're already in the Conrad Homer right. uh, department stuff like that. But for thirty five bucks for that pay per view, uh, no thanks. <laughs> I mean, and I, I saw something where they said that he 
was trying to do a jump off of something, but Charlotte like kind of was like, no, that's not happening. Uh, that surprised to, me. Yeah, he yeah, wanted to do something probably crazy. Yeah, he yeah. was trying to do some kind. I forgot where he was trying to jump yeah. off of something into onto yeah. and Charlotte shut it down. Just crazy, you know, just crazy. Yeah, Charlotte was very invested because her dad and her husband were were in that uh, in that match. Right. So, yeah, I mean, look, you knew Flair was going to go over. That's fine. I mean, whatever. But I will say this: SummerSlam was very entertaining. I, let let me say this on the bigger scope, Day Day. Mm-hmm. Triple H is going to mess around and make WWE fun again, isn't he? He's you, going, he's going to make it a good so. product again. He no, he uh, he he was part of an era mm-hmm. that he understands, you know, what it took to get to that height. So he's going. He may gut it. He may do whatever he needs to do to that roster, mm-hmm. but he's going to find a way to get it back to where it had the appeal that it had when. DX and Stone Cold and The Rock was, you know, really just coming into his own. He's going to find a way to get it back there, appeal-wise. It uh, So let, let's start with the beginning of the card, because I thought Becky and Bianca had another great match. They had a great match at WrestleMania. They started everything off. I thought they had another great match. Turns out Becky Lynch got a separated shoulder. In fact, mm. she um, she's pretty much going to be written off TV because they, they showed her tonight. She was... She was part of an angle where they put her like her in a, in a like a harness and all that, like a brace and all that. Okay. So she had a separated shoulder uh, in that match. Thought it was a really good match, um, but yeah, Becky is hurt right now, so she's going to be out for a while. But she 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 actually wrestled that match with a separated shoulder, and then they kind of just wrote it in the storyline uh, tonight. That Miz and Logan Paul match. First off, that Maurice, I don't know how the Miz landed her, but let me tell you. For, for whatever he is as a performer, he is a great salesman. Ain't no doubt about it. Because that Maurice is just, she's just a whole other level. I like, saw where uh, Logan got a lot of, uh, he got a lot of props for that. He for did that a match. frog splash. Yeah, onto the table. I saw that. I did that, see that. Off yes. the top rope, onto, yeah, the, on- onto the table. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah. And I give him credit. He's, you know, he, he and he said, too, he wants to be more involved in matches and stuff like that. He did. He did a really good job. I mean, I'll give them credit. Like, the most random people that they find, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's funny. You can come in to this thing and take it serious or you can take it like a goof. Right. And the people that come in and actually take um, – and it's not just Logan Paul. Like Bad Bunny was actually pretty good right. in his in-ring stuff. Like if you come in and take it serious, that's what people want. That's, that's where you get people like me and some of the old school people right. aggravated if you come in and make it a goof. Right. You know, if you just come in and make it a goof. Yeah, you know, and and look, everybody talks about well, it's fake. It ain't fake. It's scripted. Um, again, ask Jade Cargill about taking flatback bumps and stuff. Right, in the exactly. Ring. You know, it's not. Those are not springboard trampolines at the uh, rings. Yeah, have stuff. I used to say that all the time. But, you but can't that, fake that. But that Logan Paul mismatch was better than it should have been, without a doubt. And, um, at Maurice is just, <laughs> man. Like I said, I don't know what he did, but God bless him. He. Uh, yeah, he is uh, he is unbelievable. That was a hell of a frog splash, though. When he when he did that, you know, and um, when he did that off the top rope onto the table and everything like that, that was that was pretty cool. Um, Bobby Lashley theory that match was pretty good. Lashley won it. He got his uh, title back. Um, got the U.S. title back from Theory. This is going to be very interesting to see what they do with Austin Theory. He is a really really good young performer. He's Vince's guy. You know, he is. And not just on TV and stuff like that, but behind the scenes, 
He was one of Vince's guys. Right. Now, I think with Bruce and everybody there, and I think Triple H, I think they see that he's got a lot of potential. He's really good on the microphone. He's really good in the ring. I hope they keep pushing Theory. I'm going to be curious to see what they do because he did cash in the money in the bank later on, so we got that out of the way pretty quickly. But I'm going to be very curious to see what they do with with Austin Theory. I hope they call him Austin Theory again because just Theory, by the way, is just – Stupid, but I hope they bring Austin Theory back. But it will be, it will be interesting to see what they do with, um, with Austin Theory here moving forward. Um, the Mysterios versus the Judgment Day. I can do without all of that. Like some of these matches that they played for the eighty thousand time are just old and tiring. Yeah, and the, the only thing about it, Edge came out, which everybody knew Edge was gonna you know return for this thing, right, to yeah. get his comeback and stuff like that on on Finn Balor and Damian Priest and all that. Um, I still think the best part of uh, I still think the best part of the uh, the Judgment Day is uh, Rhea Ripley. Uh, that's that's my favorite uh, out of all of it. Um, but the rest of it, it just sort of is what it is. Um, you know, like I hate to say it this way, Rey Mysterio is getting old and kind of tired at this point, and yeah. and his son just doesn't belong in the ring. So. Yeah. Uh, Happy Corbin versus Pat McAfee. Um, the best part about this. And, and this was kind of a fun match for, for what it was. The best part about this match, and I'm going to talk about this again, is Michael Cole's call on the match. He was fired up, excited, rooting for McAfee and all that. I thought he did did a great job with this, but it wasn't bad. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't a bad match. The Usos versus the Street Profits, again, you know how I feel about the Street Profits. I think the Street Profits are the lamest team in the world. I just I'm I'm so tired of seeing these two teams match up. Yeah. Like this is every single week that they do these these matchups out there. So it it's a little bit old and tiring. The Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey match. Eh, the making Ronda a bad guy, if you will, or bad girl, right. turning her heel, that's smart. The finish was finish was like I didn't like it because of the controversy of it or whatever like that. I know that's what they were going for. But it just it wasn't. I like Liv Morgan. She shouldn't be in a ring with Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey technically should just beat the ever living daylights out of her, uh, out of all of it. And then we get to the main event. Do you see this match, Lesnar and and Roman? No, no. So I don't. Here's what I can tell you. This was outstanding, and this is one of the great spectacles I've ever seen in in 50 years and almost 50 years. Of watching wrestling. Cowboy Brock's the greatest. I don't care what anybody says. I, I've said before, I'll, I'll take the heat. I think the American Badass is the best Undertaker. Yeah. And I think, yeah, Cow- and yeah, I think, 100%. Yes. And I think Cowboy Brock is the best damn Brock we've ever seen. I love Cowboy Brock. He came out in a damn tractor, in a tractor <laughs> with, with the big bucket, you know, like the bucket in the right, front. Right. Came right. out with a tractor. At one point, he takes the tractor, Day Day, uh-huh. and he goes under the ring with Roman in it, in the ring, goes under the ring, and he picks the ring up completely in the air where it's in a big angle like this and dumps Roman out of the ring. Wow. It was the craziest damn thing I'd ever seen in my whole life. And that's how the ring was because this was a this was a last man standing. Okay. So he didn't really need the ring or right. anything like yeah. that. That was unbelievable. And then Brock gave... Paul Heyman and F5 on the table. And I, I will tell you, Heyman almost never, never takes bumps. Almost never. He almost never 
takes a move from somebody. Right. But that was awesome. That was one of the highlights of it. When was he that gave, the first time he's ever done that to Heyman? I don't – that's a good question. I'm trying to remember. I think he's done it before, but, boy, I can't even remember. It would have had to have been years ago. Yeah. It would have been the last like time. Like one of the first times like they Paul separated. Heyman ne- yeah. Paul Heyman never takes a bump. Right. Never takes a bump out of all of it. Theory came out. That was pretty funny. He ca- tried to cash in, and Lesnar just beat the daylights out of him. <laughs> um, he was he was F5'd on the suitcase for the money in the bank. They had to eventually, and and, and I'll talk about the, the announcing in just a second. They eventually, Roman won the match right. after they finally got Lesnar down after a couple of spears, and they started putting all of these tables and chairs and everything on top of Lesnar. Like they had to pile all this stuff on top of Lesnar to keep him down because he kept getting up. And finally they just had to put like everything imaginable that was around there. Tables, um, the announce table, everything that they could find. The stair steps for the ring. They put everything on top of Lesnar just to keep him down. The best, One of the best things about this, mm-hmm. and, and this was a theme throughout the pay-per-view, but especially in this match, Michael Cole was outstanding. And I'm going to tell you, I'm not much of a Michael Cole guy, but he was outstanding. And he had the line of the night. Corey Graves at one point, who was on, on announcing with him because McAfee was in the ring wrestling, Corey Graves said, I liked you better, Michael Cole, when you didn't have an opinion. And Michael Cole said, well, that's changed. Things have changed around here. Him not, He actually said wrestling, mm-hmm. and he actually called them WWE fans. He would have never have gotten away with that with Vince in his ear. I thought mm-hmm. Michael Cole was outstanding. He made this feel like a big fight and a big match. He was yelling, tell the ref the damn count faster and all that. Like, <laughs> it was great. It, this was a true spectacle, okay. but it was worth every bit of it. The main Listen, the WWE always puts on the best main events. You can nitpick at times some of their undercard stuff, right. but by and large, their main events are as good as it gets. This, I, thought the main, I thought the main event lived up to it. I thought it was a spectacle. I thought it was great. And Michael Cole was outstanding. This is some of his – like, I'm telling you, honestly, I'm not a big Michael Cole fan. This mm-hmm. I, I, I think my favorite Michael Cole call – was, you know, when he called the Eddie Guerrero-Brock Lesnar match, what was that, 04, mm-hmm. No Way Out, 04, when, right. when Guerrero won the title for yep. the first time. Yep. I think that was Michael Cole's best call. This might have been Michael Cole's best pay-per-view that he's done. Okay. And he did WrestleMania 15, remember? You know, he didn't do Rock Austin at right. 15. That's JR came out to do that. But I thought, I thought he was outstanding. I thought this was an outstanding pay-per-view. And I'm telling you, Triple H is going to mess around and get this thing right. And I'm telling you, if he does... AEW's in trouble. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're, I, I love AEW. I love talking to those folks. If Triple H gets this thing figured out, well, they need to be, they're in trouble. They need to be on notice now in the sense that, oh, again, yeah. for like I, I said, he's going to try to oh, get absolutely. that roster right. Yeah, so. he is. I agree. He, he's going, he, is going to, he is going to mess around, and he's going to – I tweeted it out. He's going to mess around and get this thing fixed, and then it's going to be on. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be. But I thought it was a fun pay-per-view. It's what it's supposed to be. It had a big match feel to it and everything like that. So good stuff from SummerSlam. All right, when we get back and wrap things up with the Love TKO, Chuck, we're here for a few more minutes in the Jarrah Sports Brief. Sports right now to the game, Odyssey.com app.
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.